Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Amplify with us here at Project Zazzy. Before we jump into this episode today, you know what I'm about to say. If you haven't checked out Black Bristol, you're on the website, so please make sure you do. It's an interactive timeline of some of Bristol's most important and often forgotten history, and it's an opportunity for you as black people in Bristol to engage with history that we don't really get taught about in schools. We don't really get taught about in any place in Bristol, you know, where we're taught about knowledge or information. So if you haven't checked it out, please make sure you do. There's over an hour's worth of content on the timeline for you to check out. And if you enjoyed this episode of Amplify, we have four more episodes for you to engage with. Again, over two hours worth of content from some of Bristol's best minds. So jumping into today's episode, I'm joined by Tavian Jean-Pierre. It is a pleasure pleasure to have you here my bro I appreciate you coming on do you mind introducing yourself to uh, the listeners yeah sure so I'm Tavian Jean-Pierre um, from London and I'm in Bristol to study aerospace engineering so I'm in my third year I'm 20 years old um, pure Caribbean heritage mm. uh, so born and raised in the UK um, but all my family are from the beautiful island St Lucia mm. um, and you can probably tell from my surname Jean-Pierre mm. that um, was from history, French colony. Mm. Um, so currently, I've been working a lot on my writing. So recently, just started my writing career. Mm. Um, and I write at Tavian.blog. Uh, I'm currently working on my book. So I've finished off a few manuscripts, but I'm working on the book Question Purpose. Um, and in that blog, in my blog, I um, tackle very philosophical and smart thinking topics. Mm. Um, and one of the main topics that, or a lot of the main topics that I cover is um, on purpose, identity, and trying to make the most of um, our short lives here on earth. So that's a bit about me. Yeah, I think it's awesome, man. And, you know, we've met um, and spent time together over different parts of, you know, our own academic journey. So for those of you guys listening, um, uh, kind of wondering how we know each other, we, we studied at the same sort of university, we're on similar projects and our paths crossed you know a couple times um towards the end of of my personal university career and towards you know the sort of not the start but you know the the sort of middle part of of of, of tavian's university journey so shout out to the equity program um i'm sure you guys you know uh, are listening and, and this is a pretty like cool moment for for the equity program to hear two people from the program i suppose uh, talking you know about the things that they're up to, I suppose. And I think one thing for me that's really always kind of stuck out, um, not just in the conversations, but like you have, from the time that I've known you, and it's only been, you know, short a short amount of time, right? But you've always had this, you know, uh, desire to explore this thing of purpose, right? And I feel like that's such a, a, an interesting topic to talk about, especially in the context of the Black experience, the Black Caribbean, the the Black African experience, like purpose in general as well. It's just a really, I think it's going to be a, a really deep and insightful one to kind of uh, delve into for, for our listeners. So well, firstly, I suppose how, I think it'd be interesting to see how you would define purpose, right? Because, you know, something that you spend a lot of time on. So I don't know if you want to sort of define what purpose is to you. So I would say in a nutshell, mm. I'm obviously I've got a massive book on it, but in a nutshell, yeah. um, purpose for me is the reason behind why you do things. Mm. Um, so every action, um, if every action that we do 
um, there's a purpose behind those actions. And sometimes we don't really focus on why we did things. Uh, mm. Sometimes we just do them because we have to do them or we're told to do them. Mm. Um, but I think that sometimes when you look, you have to look behind the action. So purpose is the thing that's fueling that action and it's the reason behind why you did it. Mm. Um, so it's finding, so for, you know, so when people say find your purpose, find your purpose, it's sort of finding a reason to do things um, and f- finding a reason to be here, finding finding a reason to why you why you even exist, um, which which can be quite difficult. Mm. So it's a challenging it's a challenging pursuit. Um, um, and and a lot of the time, I actually realised that um, we sometimes do confuse um, the definition of purpose. Um, so a lot of the time, people will say, um, "Oh, what's the purpose of this?" and they give the answer to the wrong question. So a good example is maybe um, you might say, um, what's your purpose? And you might say, oh, um, working in a bank, for example. But that's that's actually not purpose. That's what you do. Right. Mm. So sometimes we confuse what you do and why you do it. Mm. And I think that's a really big problem, um, especially in the black community as well. Mm. So in a nutshell, um, purpose is the reason behind all the actions that you do. So it's the underlying reason behind everything that you do. Mm. I think that's a really like it's a nice definition and it's something that's really easy to kind of um, framework as well because again I think a lot of us in general human beings like you say go through go through points in life um, and sometimes go through their whole life without really questioning what they're here for or what they were here to do right and I'm, I'm of the a similar belief system where I think we're all put on this planet to do something, right? We're all here to find that. I, I, I would say like a driving force, but it's exactly the same as what you've described in terms of purpose, in terms of something that fuels you and, and, and gives you that sense of, you know, identity, motivation, uh, you know, if not to say purpose, because that would be defining the thing with the definition, but it gives you that, that anchor, I suppose, right? And I feel like... Yeah, 100%. I think for a lot of a lot of young people as well like we we're often kind of taught or not taught but it's almost this unspoken um, lesson of you know like don't really question what you're here for just kind of try and get by and survive in the system essentially um so if you wouldn't mind like how did you get to this point of looking at purpose in such a in such a in such a a deep philosophical layered way what was that journey like for you if you wouldn't mind going into that yeah definitely i can go into that so um um so my mum um flew over here um to actually have me mm-hmm. so um i was actually carried in st lucia um mm-hmm. but i was born here in the uk mm-hmm. and um what's interesting is um i'm from a single um parent household so my mum had me at the age of 16 mm-hmm. um so she had me when she was really young uh and growing up in that environment without obviously much of a, should we say, father figure there, sure. um, I had to sort of define a lot of things for myself as what it meant to be a man. So looking at superheroes, for example, as a kid, mm. and looking at Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, and trying to see what qualities they had and trying to internalise that and say, okay, this is what masculinity is um, and this is what men do. Mm. And I sort of equated, um, as a kid anyway, I sort of equated um, the idea of a provider Mm. Um, to a man, mm. let's say. So, and of course, because my mom didn't really have a husband there or even a boyfriend there to, I say, look out, look out for her most of the time. Um, I found myself um trying to be that man for her. Mm. I mean, obviously, I was only a kid, 
But when you look back and you self-reflect, you realise that's what you're trying to do mm. as an eight-year-old, as a nine-year-old. Um, so what was what was really driving me definitely was between the ages of eight and 16 was um, the idea that my purpose was to provide for my mum or was to look after my mother. Um, so that was that's how I define purpose for myself in the search of sport, trying to define masculinity and what it meant to be a black man in obviously the UK. So um, from my mother, there was also this message that was coming in a sense that you're here, you've got an opportunity. Um, I didn't fly all the way from St. Lucia, you know, <laughs> to yeah. for you to muck about in school. Mm. Um, you've got an opportunity kind of thing to um, move forward in life. So for me, obviously, internalizing the idea of provider, um, this message was very clear. It's what I need to do is get a high-paying job, get a nice house, get a nice house for my mom, and, you know, what's it called? get a nice car and basically retire. That, that was basically what I thought purpose to be. Um, mm. And that's what was really driving me up to probably the age of 17. So I was very, very driven by what I need to do. So obviously I found myself in a STEM environment because STEM have the highest paying jobs. Um, so I don't think that's, I don't think that's a coincidence. The fact that if I'm internalizing myself as a provider, someone who needs to provide and make them make the most money that I can, obviously I'm going to find myself in the STEM field and I'm going to push myself to try to do loads of calculations. I wasn't even, I wasn't even that good at maths mm. um, in, in primary school when I actually forced myself to become good um, mm. so that I could end up in the STEM field. Um, so I hit about 17 and I ended up, sorry, 16, and I ended up going to an elite um, school for A-levels, so London Academy of Excellence. Um, and I ended up being there and I looked around and I realised that everyone had the exact same mindset I did, I did which was get good A-levels, get a good degree, um, get a good job, uh, from there buy a couple houses mm. and get a nice car and be able to provide for their parents. Mm. Because what was interesting about this school was it was London Academy of Excellence, but majority of the people that made up this school was ethnic minorities, which I think is quite interesting as well, mm. because you see the similar mindset, which is you're trying to get out of the maybe the struggle or the fact that, you know, because your parents are first gen, they haven't got that much wealth or that much economy to actually support you. So you're trying to build yourself up. Um, so I realised that I was finding myself in an environment where a lot of people were trying to run from um, maybe poverty and trying to chase um, STEM fields or chase things that, you know, society pushes on us to actually do to actually get the best reward. Um, but I remember self-reflecting a lot and realising that I think there's actually more to life than this in a sense that if I look back at slavery, for example, and look at what I'm doing now, I feel like I'm sort of maybe just enslaving myself to the system, mm. trying to basically, with, a, with my bike, yeah. you know, with a bike, not really a car, just with a bike, trying to climb up this hill. And I was like, rah, hold on. I'm actually, in a way, enslaving myself to the system that was built for me just to do this, right, which is to work extremely hard, get a STEM job, mm. and try my best to climb the ladder. So I realized, hold on, in a sense, I'm basically doing the same thing that they want me to do. Mm. So at that point, I started thinking, there's something deeper behind just doing something because you feel like you have to, or or you feel like, you know, um, it's what you need to do to get out um, of whatever environment that you were in. 
Um, and from there, I started looking around. I started thinking, you know what? I think there's more to life. I think that my life is so finite. I like saying, um, I like saying that we're, you know, only a finite speck, really and truly, because Earth is a speck on this in on, in this entire universe, mm. and we're a speck on this speck. Yeah. So really and truly, we're we're just a finite speck. You know, we've only got a finite life, and we're extremely small. So. I started thinking, how can I, as a finite speck, as a finite speck, give this globe infinite value or infinite worth? And I didn't think it came from, you know, getting a STEM job and then moving up the ladder and mm-hmm. then buying a nice house and then looking after my mom. Although I do want to do all of those things, I just didn't think it came from that. And then that's when I started really thinking about what I think I need is purpose. I think I, I, I kind of made the made the link between if I want to make an impact, if I want to add infinite value on this earth, I need a purpose. I need a why. I need a reason to do things. Um, I need to know why I'm here. Um, and that's how I started making the link. So, yeah, that's a bit um, about how I managed to find sort of the link between how important purpose is, mm. especially for, for us mm. as um, black people, because mm. I really do think that we spend a lot of our time a lot of our time listening or hearing, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to get this job. Um, you need to get a high-paying job, or yeah. you know, you need to become a football player because mm-hmm. they, you know, you need to you need to use your your athleticism, mm-hmm. or you need to use your ability to rap and all this sort of stuff because we are creative people. You understand? But I feel like we dim ourselves down so much because we want to push for um, these these things that we picture as success mm. so because my mum didn't have a mercedes mm. i'm going to make sure i can get a mercedes so we kind of confuse the idea um of of what success looks like mm-hmm. i think purpose finding your purpose will define success for you mm. so um uh that's that's where i started mm. really i started from really a young age and understanding that my purpose that what i thought was my purpose wasn't my purpose mm. um and at 17, I just sort of had a flip the switch moment and I started moving towards um, finding my own purpose. Mm. And once I found it, I acted upon it. So if I guess I could probably tell you, I, I believe my purpose to be. Yeah, of course. Um, and I, I, I genuinely do believe that my purpose is to help others find their purpose. Mm. Um, and obviously, <laughs> so, so um, I've acted upon that and that's why I've written the book Question Purpose. Um, so, yeah. I think that's there's so much I wanna I wanna unpack from that. And I feel firstly like thank you for sharing that as well because I feel like there's going to be people that listen to this that, you know, resonate with that journey of, of real I mean, personally I resonate with it as well, you know, being in a space and looking around you and thinking like, what am I actually doing in this space? And then realizing that there's something else inside of you that's the purpose that it isn't found in what it is that you're doing right and I feel like 100% that's something that I resonate with deeply and you know I just want to touch briefly on on something that you said which I think was really really important in terms of growing up and your sort of how your purpose has shifted from sort of early childhood into to what it was in the sort of academy of excellence to what it is now the first part of it in terms of feeling like you need to be the, the sort of provider like that honestly like word for word is what I hear 
in the sort of masculinity workshops that I run for Zazi. It's that belief system, you know, when you sit in front of young people aged 13, 14, 15, sometimes 16, they have this belief system that their purpose in life as men is to be providers. Their purpose in life is to provide work, uh, be successful, get the high paying job at whatever cost possible. And as you said, and I think it's a brilliant reflection on it, that is pretty much what a system designed to exploit wants us to do. It wants us to work ourselves to the point where we're giving all our energy to a system, but not, not having any energy for ourselves and cultivating actual passion and energy and whatever that is, insert term here. And I feel like, you know, for the young men that will listen to this as well, like it's so important that you realize that you are more as men than what you put into the world externally right it's not just about the job it's not just about the car it's not just about the money it's not just about the girls or guys however you want to conceptualize that it's not about all of these external factors it's about how you feel within yourself as men and I feel like we could go and that could be a three-hour conversation in itself about what masculinity is but I feel like the switch for you and how kind of how you've got to where you are now and and the the layers that you've unpacked like culturally individually you know relationally in terms of to your mum and, and to the immediate space around you I think honestly I think it's phenomenal man I think it's a really uh it's a it's really touched me personally because you know um you know at times all of us have that moment where we're just like, well, what's the what's the point of, you know, doing this or feeling low energy? And I think it's kind of revitalized me a lot in, in that sense. So thank you for that. I think that's a, a really um, beautiful reflection. Um, so I want to kind of ask you a question for, again, on behalf of the young people, like you talked about purpose and now what your purpose is, your purpose is to help other people find purpose. Like what tips would you give to people when it comes to finding what really truthfully drives them? What would you say? Yeah, so I think, um, as I said, um, self-reflection is a very important part of it. Mm -hmm. And if I never looked back at my eight, seven-year-old self and tried to unpick what he thought purpose was um, and tried to understand what he thought purpose was, yeah. I would have never really understood what what was really driving me in the first place. Because a lot of us are being driven by things that aren't actually coming from us. Yeah. So it might be coming from your parent, it might be coming from your brother, it might be coming from whoever, it might be coming from society itself, um, it might be the flashy car. A lot of us are being driven by things that aren't actually coming from us, it's being driven by external factors. Mm. Um, and in a sense, what you're really doing is not taking control of your own life when you're being driven by other things. Because if that thing was to go away, where does that leave you? Mm. You understand? If there was no, if there was no flashy car, right? What are you being driven by then? You sort of end up collapsing. I think a lot of people are being driven by things that that aren't coming from themselves. Yeah. So what happens is when that thing goes away or the, or a door closes, um, they end up collapsing. So we have to firstly understand that your purpose doesn't come from these external things that are presented to us. It doesn't come from your mum, it doesn't come from your dad, it doesn't come from any external environment, it comes from you. And I think that's 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 probably the biggest message that comes from my book anyway, mm. that your purpose is yours. It's not anyone else's, it's not affected by anyone else. It's literally something that you choose and you define for yourself. Um, and I would say probably 
how you actually go about finding it. For me, um, I think it's found in the lack of resources. So I use an analogy um, in in my book, which sort of breaks down the idea of um, if we had unlimited amount of resources, there would be no purpose or no reason to do anything, mm. right? Mm. So, for example, if if you could, you know, if there was an unlimited amount of money, mm. you would just spend and spend and spend because you have no reason to actually make a decision on what you spend on because there's unlimited amount of money there, mm. right? So, but the fact that there's a, a limited amount of money, it makes you have to find a reason to spend. So the fact that this universe gives us limited um, amount of resources and the earth gives us a limited amount of resources is sort of, there's actually a beauty in it mm. um, because we actually are able to find purpose through it. So from looking around and actually saying, okay, what am I lacking? What are, what are the things that are lack of resources? Because I think um, in the black community, especially because we don't have, especially in this country anyway, we don't have a massive economy, let's say. There's a lot of things that we are lacking, in a sense. So we do have a lot of lack of resources, especially in the UK. So I think, firstly, for me, it was looking at, okay, what are my lack of resources? What what, what are people lacking? Um, and then your purpose is actually defining you as a tool. So you're the tool to go and fix that lack. So if there's... So, for example, as we're on Amplify, right? Mm. So you've realised, okay... There's a lack of um, things in the world that are amplifying the voices of black people mm. who are doing things out of the norm, you know, or are doing things that are actually unique and special. Right. So what should I do? I should make a podcast, right? So the podcast now has a purpose, right? Because now it's, it's now filling in the lack of resource mm. that wasn't there before. And now this podcast can hopefully grow and it can expand. So... It's the same like that. We have to see it like that. We have to see it as, okay, what's what's lacking in my environment? And what 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 resource or what, what lack of resource can I fill, right? And then once you find that filling, you, you become that tool, that effective tool that will hopefully drive you and push you to further that purpose. So obviously for me, I realized that, especially in the black community anyway, I think there's a lot of people that aren't being purpose-driven. They're mm. being either, you know, as you said, they're being driven by external factors. They're not being purpose-driven. So mm. I said, okay, I need to fill that lack. And then that's how I found my purpose. So mm. it's it's sort of two ways, understanding that it comes from you. And then secondly, looking at the lack of resources around you and finding what you want to fill. I think that's, again, I think it's like, it's so, it's such a good analogy. And I think it's such a, a simple one to understand too. And I think that's going to provide, again, so much value to, and it's providing value to me as well. You know, I think, again, it's so, it's so nice to hear different ideas and perspectives that really kind of make you reflect. And I think that I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, we don't work in, in the same space, but for me, when I coach people, um, outside of this this role uh, you know i'm i'm again helping them to sort of tap into that 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 reason and that, and that purpose and that 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 driving force for themselves and i feel like it's 
it's it's unpacking and un delaying and deconstructing a lot of like external forces and external noise essentially and I think the the what are you trying to fill like the lack of resource analogy is 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 really really excellent I think it's uh it's something I'll be definitely you know sort of uh, advocating on, on on your behalf and 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 sending people your way from that I think it's great you said something I thought was really interesting about. Uh, the community in particular when I say the community for listeners I'm not necessarily referring to the wider community although this could you know arguably rely you know relate to the wider community um, but particularly in the black community not being purpose driven but more kind of I don't know profit driven or or, or or prestige driven like there's that there's that desire generally speaking to be driven by external things like where do you think that comes from and and you know do you have any thoughts on that is there is there things that you think relate to that pursuit of profit or prestige or that sort of thing do you think you have any ideas on that yeah so i think there, there is sort of an underlying problem uh, or underlying problem which is the fact that um we as black people might find it hard to understand the idea of freedom Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only because, of course, um, back in history, it got stripped away from us, right? Mm-hmm. So when you and it ripples down, it ripples down even to this generation, in a sense that what we associate with freedom um, is things that is is things that probably you know other races have, or um, things that we couldn't get, let's say. So freedom for some people might be a BMW or freedom for some people might be a nice house for example because we didn't have that or we don't have that in a sense so it's kind of in a way sort of a pursuit for freedom um, when possibly I, I, I would suggest again I would say possibly freedom or how we define freedom does come from our purpose and what we think our feeling in this world is um, so it can be difficult especially for Especially for someone like me, I, I remember me, um, what's it called, um, uh, when I was younger, definitely associating things like, you know, flashy cars, nice house, they're saving girls, for example, mm-hmm. as as freedom, because those are things that I, I didn't have, right? Mm-hmm. Those are things that I couldn't get easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when, when social media is flashing at your face mm-hmm. all the time, constantly, um, and it's not people that look like you that has it. So, for example, you know, we we see we see loads of flashy people, and it tends to be not people that look like us, not not black people, right? Mm. So then you start to associate those things with freedom, and we sort of we sort of end up driving towards those things, and thinking that that's our purpose. Our purpose is to get that, um, and it's to get what we think to be freedom. But again, I would say that it all links back to our purpose, and I think our purpose is really the defining. Um, defines a lot of things for us it defines what we mean um, by success it defines what we mean um, for freedom as well mm. I think for freedom as well in the sense that um, if if I am feeling the lack that I've chosen then I would I would argue that that person is 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 being free and is being free to create what they want to create inside of that lack so for example with I'm again going back to the example mm. you could have probably you know suggested many things. Um, or created many things uh, to fill this gap of of um, not of sorry not promoting um, black voices or or the lack of 
promotion for Black Voices without doing things in the community. There could have been many other things that you could have done. You could have started a YouTube channel. You could have probably started a website. Could have started loads of things. So you you had you had a huge range of things that you could have chosen, mm. um, and you were free to choose those things. And you decided to pick the podcast. Mm. So it's so I think when you're in your lack of resources as well, you sort of understand how to define freedom for yourself. Mm. I think I think that's an, another sort of great point to sort of relay back to the listeners and. I think the the theme that I think of this podcast is purpose drives not just the pursuit of your goal but also just your how you act and how you feel on a sort of general day to day basis and I think that's a really important takeaway point like purpose isn't just you know uh, in relation to goal setting or success if you will and I, I know this people can't see um, kind of what I'm saying success is kind of the inverted commas you know like people associate purpose with just success but it's really just living and existing I think that's a really important takeaway point for, for a number of different um, aspects of life and for the listeners to kind of apply to their life so again thank you so much for sharing I think it's a, a really really important um, takeaway point um, which kind of you know to kind of switch gears I suppose in a way as well um you know you've mentioned that you know you're from London that's where you kind of uh, grew up in and you found yourself in Bristol right and I feel like that can be quite a different living experience so I often ask the guests usually as a first question but it doesn't really matter the order like in terms of you know as long as, as long as it's asked if you will but like you've come from London to Bristol like if I was to say to you, Bristol, what, what does that mean to you right now? Like, what does Bristol uh, conjure up for you in a sense? Yeah, I think that's um, a really uh, really interesting question. Uh, obviously, as I've been following um, the M5 podcast, I, I really do like to listen to the answers as well yeah. because it means something different slightly yeah. to every single person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, it, is a re- it is a really good question. I think it's um, something that definitely uh, is iconic to the podcast. I think it definitely should continue. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> question. Yeah, yes, I, I, do, I do enjoy that question. Um, so I would say definitely for me, um, the first thing I definitely noticed was the street art. Um, mm. So probably my favourite part of Bristol um, is actually the the painting or the graffiti of the mother and the child. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure where it is. It's in the sea centre. It's mm. the child holding um, the mother's thumb. Um, I think for me that is actually probably the beginning of where I was able to start seeing the creative culture in Bristol. Um, And in a sense, um, I started writing my book here. Mm. Um, And I think, I I, I personally think that's not a coincidence. Mm. Um, I do believe that Bristol actually being in sort of a creative city, not not saying that London isn't creative, Mm. um, because London does have its creators as well. But actually, I think being able to be separated from London and coming to see and appreciate creativity in a different way mm. um, definitely allowed me to spark my own creativity and actually um, start my journey on writing a book, um, which has taken probably a lot of creative energy from me. Mm. Um, but definitely being in Bristol has allowed me to do that. And I think um, a second thing that Bristol um, means to me is probably friendliness. Mm. Um, so... <laughs> so in, in, in London so for example um, you know people in the hustle and bustle you're struggling to go on the train um, you know you're, there's people sweating around you mm. all, all of that stuff and you know if you're walking too slow 
you know you know it because there's someone behind you walking faster so you got to pick up the pace yeah. right but um Bristol for example I think friendliness has a deeper meaning it's not just friendliness because uh I I, I walk across like a little field to, to get to work um it's probably about a 10 to 15 minute walk and the same guy always walks past me at the same time mm. um because he's walking his dog and in London you would just walk past that person every single time without saying anything right? mm. but in Bristol this the, this guy would say good morning and he would say like a little joke right so he would say good morning I'll say good morning back and he might say something like oh it's a bit cold or it's a bit soggy or mm. you know he, he and you can see he said it with a little bit of a smile on his face to sort of make you laugh a little bit and for me on the days where I didn't really feel like getting to work or going to work, mm. um, that actually really changed the dynamic or the way I saw the course of my day. Mm. Um, and I do think that that little, that little, you know, scene that I've had in Bristol there has actually allowed me to appreciate the small gestures that humans can do to one another um, that can actually, you know, change the course of your day and actually make you feel a little bit better so i i, I think bristol um is unique for that because he's not the only person that says good morning to me as well mm. um <laughs> so there's other people that's taking morning to me and i think i i think it's unique um and definitely coming out of a busy city mm. um a large city where people don't have time to actually say anything to anyone um and coming to bristol in itself is is a big city as well but Come, come into, I guess, a smaller city and learning how to appreciate the small gestures that, that people do. Um, I think that's given me a greater love for humanity, in a sense. I mm. think that I probably didn't trust humanity as much as I do now because um, <laughs> because in London, obviously, there was um, not only are people not as uh, not kind, would you say, to do that, but also in London, you hear news, bad news all the time of robberies or stabbings and stuff like that. But coming to Bristol, you start to appreciate the fact that not everyone's like that. Not everyone's just on a hustle, on a grind, trying to compete with you. Um, people are also people and they're mm. also trying to be kind. So I think Bristol, um, for me, it also means friendliness and kindness. So, yeah. I, I think that's an awesome kind of uh, reflection on Bristol. I totally agree with you on London. Like, to to in, invert that when I, as a Bristolian, when I used to go to London, I used to remember coming back and being like, I said the same thing every time. I probably even said it at some point in uni. I was like, I can do it, but I I can't do it consistently. It's like the energy, like the pace is mad different. Like, and I I always thought like Bristol was a a bustly city, but you kind of as soon as you start hitting central London, it's just like it's a different, it's a different animal. People are different. Yeah, definitely. And you kind of almost looked at weirdly if you even try and be friendly in this space. It's just really interesting, like culturally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really kind of uh, interesting reflection as a as a Londoner in the space of of Bristol. So this Octavian, it's been such a good conversation with you. I think like there's so many gems in this that people can take and apply to their lives. And you know, if it if it so happens that they end up on your blog or, or on your channels, I think, you know, the learning can be sort of, you know, continued after this episode. So 
I'd like to thank you for this. I think this has been, you know, let's not offend the other guests, but I feel like for me, and it's not actually, no, it's not even an offensive thing. Like I've really enjoyed this conversation for a number of different reasons. And I feel like this one will stick in my head. You know, you know, everyone has a special space in my head. I feel like I'm talking about children now, which is really weird. But like every, every, every episode has a special, like I have a special attachment to it, but this one feels uh, like there's, there's a lot, like it's like synchronicity in terms of the conversations and how I personally felt or felt coming in and then the conversations that we've had has kind of really put things in perspective so um thank you uh is there anything you want to kind of shout out before you kind of go is there anything you want to shout out or sort of um you know uh plug or anything else that you've you want to sort of put into the space yeah so firstly I obviously want to thank you as well um, for allowing me onto the Amplified podcast, I really enjoy the work that's that's been going on. Um, I'm actually I'm, I'm actually really happy that there's something like this out there um, mm. because um, uh, I, I was even thinking of starting my own podcast as well. Um, but you know, I'm so happy that that you've you've actually taken the, the step to do this. I think it's um, really good, and I think it's going to grow. Um, and I wish you all the best, definitely. Um, in terms of plugging things, uh, I know I've definitely got a plugger. Like business, so I'm gonna plug for real. Mm. Um, so it's a vegan restaurant in Bristol. Um, and I'm telling you guys, you have to go there. You have to try the food. It's mm. amazing. Uh, you wouldn't even think it's vegan, to mm. be honest. So I'm gonna say definitely go there, give it a try. And um, yeah, if you if you wanna know more about me, um, you can uh, subscribe to my blog. So it's Tavian.blog. If you just type that in, it should come up. Um, and also um, on Instagram, it's Tavian.jumpier. So um, yeah. Amazing. But honestly like um it's been a pleasure man um i'm gonna go check f for real out soon as well um and i think you know amongst everything in this episode there's so much to take away so i appreciate your time thank you for the kind words on the podcast too and make sure you start up your thank podcast you, as you. well um you know that we need we need more spaces so you know absolutely go ahead of it and you know We'll be supporting and, and shouting it from the hilltop. So thank you, my bro. Um, we'll definitely thank have you. this conversation again um, at some point. Definitely. And you take it steady. Thank you, man.